Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kowski every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com. Heard on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. I am Joe Stopulus, and I am no longer officially joined by Father Zakowski. Today is the first day, the first episode without Father Zach. But the good news is my guest this hour is Father Zakowski. Let's open up in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, when asked many times after Father Zach's announcement that he was joining the Air Force, what are you going to do with the show? The only answer I could possibly come up with was, I have to go on flying solo. Uh, we To try to replace Father Zach is next to impossible, uh, and so we're not going to try to replace him. We're going to tr- forge ahead without him. That's why I'm very grateful that he's going to join me for this first show uh, and really just discuss his life. We never really got into his vocation story or, or what... Uh, you know his thoughts on his reflections on priesthood. Obviously, we've gleaned a lot of that over the, the course of the last uh, three years with him as the, the co-host, but it'll be fun to have him on the other side of the break to discuss that. Today, saint of the day, St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the greatest saints in the church. St. Thomas Aquinas uh, is still today, his his impact is, as you can see, from Bishop Barron to Taylor Marshall and many of the other great Minds in the church today, still being felt today. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, we can uh, use your help on this show. And everyone, all of our listening audience, uh, I can't encourage you enough to study the works of St. Thomas Aquinas, get to know him better. Uh, he's just a wealth of, uh, of knowledge and one of the true giants in the church. Head to a short break, and when we return, we will have Father Zach Kautsky on. So stick around, and we'll be right back. I want to thank McDonald Imaging Solutions. They are sponsors of Man Up. If you were at the State Fair this year, they were the ones who provided the new tents and the Pope on a Stick fans that we used. McDonald Imaging Solutions is a family business with thousands of promotional items to choose from. They do things from labeling to marketing, printing, and provide all kinds of promotional products. Marty will personally help any business, big or small, to build their brand with corporate apparel and promo items. McDonald Imaging Solutions. Building brands, attracting new customers online at McDonaldImagingSolutions.com. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu. 
Each day, approximately 12 Iowa mothers terminate their pregnancy because they feel they have no other choice. At Intervisions Healthcare, we offer pro-life alternatives like parenting and adoption to women like Linda, Claire, and Olivia who entered the clinic undecided, lacked family support, or suffered financial hardships. After pregnancy counseling, prenatal education, and ultrasounds, nearly 800 vulnerable and at-risk mothers have chosen life for their babies. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions or to support the expansion efforts, visit IVHcare.org. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio, broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stopulos, and today I'm joined by my guest, Father Zach Kautsky. Father Zach is most famous for his three years as co-host of the Man Up Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. In addition to that, he is a priest for the Diocese of Des Moines. Having spent the last eight years at Dowling and St. Augustine, he will be heading off here shortly to St. Albert's and Council Bluffs for a temporary assignment before joining the United States Air Force as a military chaplain. Father Zach, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great. It's kind of weird <laughs> being the guest on my own show, but I'm happy to be here. Very nice introduction. Well, we're going to call this the transitionary show. And Father Zach, when we first started this uh, years ago, Gosh, three years or whatever it was as co-hosts, we always joked that it would be fun to drink beer and have a show, but since we were the 9 a.m. show, we yeah. couldn't really do that. But that said, we are recording this at 1 p.m. before Exodus 90, and uh, we are going to what, what, I'm gonna uh, drink a beer on air with you for the first time. We're going to do this thing. So what are we what are we drinking here? This is a hazy little thing IPA by Sierra Nevada. It is a... A fruit forward IPA. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's very good, isn't it? Nice, very brisk. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Sierra Nevada makes very few bad beers, and the, the the hazy IPA is not a not an exception. It's quite nice. Yeah, very good. Cheers, Father. Cheers. Here's mm, to you, mm. and here's to our our listeners, listeners too, <laughs> our listening audience. All right, so we we've been we've been three years waiting to do that, and we finally did it again. This broadcast nine a.m. live. So if you're if you're wondering why a Catholic priest and I yeah, are, it is not nine in the morning, not nine in the morning right now. It's the afternoon. It's only 1 p.m. in That's the afternoon, right. but it's anyway. 1 in the afternoon. It's fine. All right, Father Zach, I thought it would be fitting here. You know, we Our listeners have obviously gotten to know you fairly well um, over the years, but I think it would be great to do a deep dive into the life of Father Zach and the, the wisdom of Father Zach for this. It's kind of the last show on one end and the beginning show on another. Mm-hmm. So let's start at the beginning. Your upbringing. Obviously, you are one of, I believe, five, I'm the oldest right? of five oldest children. Five, born and raised in? In Perry. In- so I grew up on a, our family farm. Uh, been in our family for over 100 years, I think like 120 years now. So it's Dallas County, and my um, great-grandfather was brought there when he came over from Austria. Really? Was brought over with his sister adopted by a family, the Forret family, and they have been living there ever since. That's crazy. And so there's two houses there, and then we have 80 acres that's attached to the farm, you know, as land, but then we have other fields. So, yeah, my brother Brian farms now mm-hmm. uh dad is also farming kind of transitioning out a little bit more uh but so brian has kind of taken over and brian lives on the farm with his family did, did your grandfather speak german when he came did he speak english i should ask that's the question i don't know don't even that's know. a good question yeah. it's always interesting hearing those you know people come over there i imagine speak. not yeah i mean yeah. My, my grandfather did my yeah my great and my grandfather didn't speak a lick um so same exact has it always been 80 acres it's been so the farm itself is on ten acres, and then we have a field of you know yeah. eighty acres, kind of attached to the farm. Your growing up was it cows, pigs? Was it what? What did you have to do? What we were you were laboring? In, we were in 4-H growing up, and we raised 4-H calves. 
we had bottle calves a few times too. So we like we'd go out with a huge bottle and actually like bottle feed. How many? Calves, how many did you have? Fun. So we had usually just one at a time, but okay. then for 4-H we we had between one and three every day steers or heifers where you go out and like carry the buckets of water. Yeah. You know, Every, what time in the morning was this at? Or was it, it wasn't okay, that it wasn't early. That I think it was yeah. you know at the earliest six or something. But it was it was more the just like the winter weather. Yeah, because you'd be carrying a bucket of water and splash on your leg and be that prepares freezing. you for Exodus ninety. It was good. I mean, it was it's like a cold shower in the middle of winter. Cleaning the pens, uh, taking you know you would lead them out by a halter to the basically a drinking fountain mm-hmm. out in the the lot, and so they would. I just remember them like kind of dragging us out there, like kicking up their legs. Is and there stuff. any part of you that misses? Anything of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, do you? It's a you great miss some of that? I love, I love like going out to the farm, uh, being out there with family. Good. There's so many good memories there. We had I, a great time. I mean, we didn't like go out a lot no. when we were growing up. We did a lot of like playing in the. We had a windbreak there, like the woods and stuff, and making forts in the winter and building tr- building our own like f- tree houses in the woods. That was a blast. I assume you um, as a <laughs> Growing up in that kind of you know environment, you today as a priest with all the I mean, Jesus uses a lot of examples of farming and of agriculture. Do you have a lot of parallels that you see from that? I mean, as a priest now, we're growing up on a farm. Yeah, I think well, two things really stick out. One is the idea of trust. Just the the farmer plants the seeds, but really is relying on God and putting that trust in the Lord for good weather, for rain, for sunshine. <laughs> Uh, for just the Lord providing. And then I think the other thing is, you know, we have in the church this beautiful liturgical seasons, you know, these liturgical seasons. And I think, too, on farming, you get get a, a sense of just with the four seasons, kind of that natural lifespan of a person, you know, the different seasons of our life. And so you kind of get this sense of maybe what God feels, you know, when he creates the earth, just this... Uh, Kind of always in this transition, always in this uh, movement, always in growth. Yeah. So your faith as a child, did you were you a regular Sunday mass goer? What was your? You mean? Yeah, we we went every Sunday. We didn't miss. Dad would never let us miss. Especially uh, both my parents are Catholic. Mom's a convert, and she converted when I was an infant. So I think that was for us. It was always a Sunday tradition. We'd always have like brunch after, and we never did much work on Sundays unless there was like some field work we had to do. But really we we went to St. Patrick's and that was kind of the center of our social life really mm-hmm. was the parish. Okay. Six miles away. So yeah, I I served mass growing up. I enjoyed being a mass. I felt at home. We have the nice thing is we have a very beautiful old Gothic really beautiful Gothic church. The other priest from this church that was you know, grew up in that church, I believe was Father Jim Lorenzo, right? I wasn't that kind of, oh, I, when I went there. I went there years ago. I took my wife yeah. to a to a date, mm-hmm. and there's a picture of you. And I think Father Jim has a picture is of that too. Right? Okay. Father Jim married us, which is kind of interesting. Small so, world. And my so the priest, the priest that was ordained before me, like the the last vocation, was my uncle back in the sixties. Oh, really? So it was, it was like fifty or forty eight years, like to the day between oh, our nuts. between our first masses. Uh, at St. Patrick's, so it was kind of it was really cool to to follow in that tradition. That was my dad's oldest brother. Do you have other memories, maybe growing up, or things uh, that drew you to the faith? Were there were there certain either moments or uh, you know, examples of of parents, or obviously your uncle, or things that stick out to you? Yeah, you know we would we would pray the rosary 
not all the time, but occasionally as a family. What's that mean? A couple times a year, a couple oh, times a yeah. month, a couple times. I mean, oh, probably yeah, a couple times a month. Okay, we would go, and we also had my parents were very involved with like teaching RCIA and having like Bible studies. So we would often have other Catholic adults over to the house. We had priests over for meals. My uncle, Father John Kowski, is a priest, so having him over, you know, having him like keep his cattle at our farm was always a uh, kind of cool to see a priest outside the yeah the sanctuary, sanctuary you know yeah. and and so i think that's that was really a gift to have a priest in our family at, um, at what age then did you start feeling the call to the priesthood i would say about third grade okay uh and a classmate of mine uh said you're gonna be a priest like, a, just, like a third grade classmate of yours a third grade oh, classmate really? yeah wow said you're gonna be a priest and it was kind of just understood by people that was their understanding was yeah he's gonna be a priest really and so I think I kind of always knew from that time. I think there was something in my heart, like I, I was really drawn to when you were at, being a priest. When you were at Dowling and you were, you know, studying whatever subjects, whatever you were studying at the time, was there any thought ever of, you know, maybe I'll become a scientist or yeah, farmer, go back to the farm? I mean, were those ever thoughts? I think in high school I was kind of trying to, trying to be faithful to what God was calling me to, but also unsure and just needing some direction mm -hmm. and so i i really i think father john acre really helped with that really walked with me was patient with kind of my discernment so i was in a uh, discernment group with my brother and some of my current friends actually and a couple of guys that are now priests father pj mm -hmm. father guthrie dolan our priest they were in this prayer group so i think like father acre really walked with me through that time i ended up going to college first for a few years and then Transition and where was that seminary? So I went to St. Louis University, and I was pre-med. Go, go Billikens. Billikens, yeah. Go Bills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was on the swim team. I uh, was in a fraternity. I was an RA, and I was a little busy, uh, and I was pre-med, so doing way too much down in college. But I also just felt this kind of emptiness, like I needed to go to seminary and discern. Okay. So I, I really felt like there was something I was missing still, even amongst all that activity. Yeah. And so then you discerned, and what year were you uh, when you decided to leave Slewin? So that was 2005, and I actually had been... So you were a junior? I had been in... Uh, something like that? I was a junior. Yeah. I had been in Spain for a semester. That we have, SLU has a campus over in Spain, in Madrid. So I had been over there for John Paul II's funeral, for his death, all that, um, and the election of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So that was kind of a very transitional time, too, in the church yeah. as well. So I think for me, I wanted to finally just, okay, let's just try out seminary. Let's give it a shot. I really have nothing to lose here. If I don't go through seminary you know, and become a priest, There's other I'll thing, yeah. know how to pray better or be holier. Obviously, the, the, the uh, appeal to pre-med or whatever, you know, obviously pre-med is kind of one of those catch-all majors. Mm -hmm. had either worn off or you realized, you know, by going to priesthood, I'm not going to lose out on whatever you would have gained I think from it that. was what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people, and I had an interest in just – medicine and science and healing people but i think like god was calling me to be a doctor of the soul That's awesome. i think it was a just a different kind of different kind of a ministry yeah you know? and so i think and part of me i think too was i think part of me knew i'm not really called to be a physician i'm called to be a doctor of the soul you yeah. know so i think i think part of me kind of knew in my heart okay 
Uh, we we had Father Trevor on recently, and he kind of said he was like I don't know what the term he used on but it was like assumed when he got into seminary that he was going to be a priest. For you, was that the case, or did you go there in truth? I think when I started there, I kind of knew. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be ordained. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I really didn't have too much struggle with whether I was called or not. It was kind of like, will I respond or not? Got it. So okay. I think there was no doubt about. Once I got in there for a little while, I kind of knew. So, I, yeah, five years at Kendrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis. They're wonderful years. I'm still in contact with a lot of the guys I went to seminary with and just love uh, love St. Louis. It's a great, really great Catholic city. And if you ever get down there, go to the Cathedral Basilica. It's unbelievable. Uh, we are, you don't know this, on our trip this year, our family trip is down uh, to basically North Carolina area. And so we're doing some national parks. We are leaving, uh, as of right now, we're leaving at 6 a.m. that morning to get to noon mass at the Basilica in St. Louis wow. mm-hmm. as our first stop. I've heard it's Good one of the most you. beautiful places in the country. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'm already heeding your advice. Um, okay. So now you get ordained a priest, and since then, you're, the majority of your assignment has been Dowling and St. Augustine's. That's that's right. Um, just, I, I'm curious, as you're reflecting back on that, I'm sure you're doing a decent amount of that today. What are some moments that are standing out to you just in your first eight years of ministry? Well, I think the just the joy, the pure joy of being a priest and just knowing you're a priest forever. There's something about that I think that's very joyful in those that time of prayer where you just spend time with, with Jesus. And uh, a speaker the other day at Seek said, you know, when I, when a priest is ordained, his heart is configured to the heart of Christ. Like you, you know, you're ontologically changed. You become another Christ, you know, in a sense, you know, that you're acting in his very person, but your heart is also ontologically changed as part of that. And so I think just, I think for me, highlights have been some of those tougher moments, honestly, like getting called to a hospital when someone's very, you know, near death and being with them when they're going to meet Jesus, you know, it's just a holy, holy time. Has that, I don't I'm sorry to interrupt, but has that changed your ability to, to minister during that? I mean, now that you've seen it, I mean, the first few had to have been almost traumatizing, I feel like. And then as a priest, you grow into where you're now mature enough to be able to handle it? Or does that mean? Yeah, I think the Lord gives you just enough <laughs> that you can, that you can handle, but there's just a lot of grace. And I, I think that's where we're like, we need prayer. And certainly there's a lot of situations that are not easy that we go through, but like the Lord provides. And so I, I mean, so I looking, never felt like I was left alone without, I mean, just looking back God's on help. it, I'm just kind of curious. I, I've had a unique view of you. Um, I was doing the show and just being good friends to, to see you during some of those times and your ability to handle it. Whereas, I mean, I've been, at, I've been basically one ever, my grandfather's one bedside of someone dying and it is it was really hard yep. and that was a great circumstance when he died it was like everything was really great um i just seen how well you handle it um mm-hmm. and so obviously you're attributing that a lot to god's grace and and yeah just, and i think uh, friend you know good friendships with lay people with with brother priests i remember there was one like one year into my being a priest we had a a student took their own life and it was just really really shocking and was there that night with the family and then the day before was there was an accident involving like four elderly women out in West Des Moines. And that was another, you know, traumatic scene. So like within 24 hours, there was just like this, mm. a lot of trauma. So I remember that being a pretty tough week, especially just like one year into priesthood. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I really relied on 
family, friends, brother, priest, prayer. So the friendships you have outside, and that's, that's an, I think, important for us as listeners, too, to understand that, you know, our job as laity is also to minister to the priest, to be there for you guys. I mean, you're out there serving serving for us, and we've got to be there as kind of mm-hmm. a, a safety net, I a think social support. Yeah. yeah. I think if you, know if you know your priest is going to be having a tough time or tough week, even if it's just like Holy Week, you know, that's going to be busy. Mm-hmm. We always appreciate you acknowledging that and just helping us like i think one of the nicest things is like there were a few times where i was pretty sick like i couldn't go out to get any food and um there were other times where like i could not uh could not go out to see people for whatever reason maybe i was too busy or whatever so it was just really nice to have visits to have people coming to see me and just stop by and say hi bring food uh just be be friends and i think one of the things that we need more of is just like yeah maybe that that support sometimes knowing that we're we're human, human beings as well. So you are now transitioning to the military, and we've right. got a, I've got a ton of questions to ask you in three minutes. Where did you finally first feel the the call to the military? First felt the call. I was in Oceanside, California, and I was on retreat, and the retreat center happened to be right next door to the marine base at oceanside so that's where they go and do their weapons training so imagine being at prince of peace abbey (laughs) in silence silent personal retreat and then you hear explosions going off so i remember seeing the soldiers there seeing the guys the marines and thinking who's taking care of these guys that are taking care of us and i remember thinking that um so we have all these young men and women that are many of them away from home for the first time uh they're in stressful situations a lot of young Catholics, I think uh, 25% of the military is Catholic population. And so we need chaplains, you know, to, to see a priest reminds them of home. It reminds them that they're part of a parish back home. And I think it can be a great comfort. The nice thing is, too, in the military that we have, you know, chaplains have privileged communication with with soldiers, you know. So there's everything everything that they say, whether they're enlisted or they're, uh, an officer, all of that is confidential. And I think we get that, you know, as Catholics, we understand like the seal of confession, but for all chaplains, anything that's said, it's completely protected, uh, confidential. So I think we're kind of that, like that means that they can come talk to and just know that they're completely safe and saying something to us. Well, I know I speak for all of us listening and you know, everyone in one community, I'm sure you've heard a lot, but thank you for obviously your last eight years. And thank you for saying yes to the military and, you know, I fly my American flag outside, so we'll add you. I know you do. Now, yeah. now when we pray, you're going to get double prayers at our house now. We double pray, prayers. We, well, we pray for those who protect us in the military, and we pray for our priests. You're getting double oh, covered what? now. You're getting <laughs> double covered tonight after the prayer. All right. We've got two minutes. Favorite show or interview we did? Favorite show. I mean, I don't. I never laughed as hard as the Bo Bonner <laughs> escapades. Good. I mean, there was just some really funny uh, times there. I thought, I thought having Father John Ricardo was awesome. Mm-hmm. Most mainly because it was such a joy for you, so it was fun <laughs> watching you much fun. In, interview. Yeah, so I think that was <laughs> that was definitely a highlight. Uh, but so, I think all of our shows, I really learned a lot and yeah. just felt yeah. like the Lord was working in a good way through all of our yeah. interviews. Um, all right, favorite uh, alcoholic beverage? Well, right it's now not, it's not the hazy IPA. You're just having it the first <laughs> time. Is it, is it beer? Is it whiskey? What is it? Uh, I like scotch. Uh, anything? Do you have a favorite scotch? scotch? Oh, uh, probably Glenfiddich. 
Golden Levitt. Um, the 15s are the best of those. The Finish 15, the Glenn, those are great. That's right, and yeah. the 18s. I like Belgian good. beers, whatever. You know, I'll, if it has alcohol whatever. in it, he'll drink it. Um, <laughs> all right. Made by, made by monks, it's always yeah. best. Yeah. Um, favorite restaurant or food to get in Des Moines? I mean, you can't beat Italian, right? So I think Italian's great. I just ate at Waterfront. Can you seafood? Can you say what your favorite Italian restaurant is, or because there's a lot of contention in the I Catholic would, community, you can't do that? I, there are many good Italian <laughs> restaurants in Des Moines, and like some them. are better than others. And like just thank you for thank you to our sponsors, especially. Yeah, yes, exactly. If any of them are Italian restaurants, we thank you. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, a favorite saint? Or I'll give you two or three. Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati. Yep. He's a – I feel like he kind of found me. Like mm-hmm. uh, They say the saints, you know, kind of reach out to us. So I, I, having a friendship with him has been really meaningful in the last, like, three years especially. Yeah. Um, really right about the time that this whole military thing came into being. So Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati, Pope jo- St. John Paul II. Um, I saw him right before he died, waved and gave a blessing to me and my friends from his hospital window, like, two weeks before he died. Incredible. So and then I was at his funeral and at his canonization mass, yeah. uh, which were years apart. But him and then I mean, Our Lady is very very important to me. Our Lady of Guadalupe, especially, is important oh. devotion. But yeah, I, there's so many. Yeah. All so right, many lastly, do you have a favorite baptism you've performed within the last month? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only baptism I okay, think I've good. done in the last month, yes, maybe, is is uh, well, my sister's <laughs> baby. <laughs> Super Rose is coming up here in okay. Little Rock, Good, so that'll be my favorite. Right. But second Mary, Mary favorite, Elizabeth is still number one on the list. Second favorite would be yeah, Mary Elizabeth <laughs> Stopulus. I'm glad, Father Zach. It's been a joy and an honor and a pleasure to have you on as a co-host these last three years, four years. We're going to miss the crap out of you. I can say crap on air after a beer, uh, <laughs> and I know our listeners are going to miss you, and I'm going to miss you. Um, but thank you for everything you've done for us, and you know, God bless you and your, your service to the military. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Joe. We're going to head to a short break, and I'm going to come back by myself to finish. I'm going to be drinking by myself another hazy IPA on the other side of the break. Stick around, and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting our show, Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you The Catholic Tuition Organization provides tuition assistance to qualified families so they can send their kids to our Catholic schools. Great tax benefits for donors and great education for our kids. Online, ctoiowa.org. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available in their tap room and at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence has a beer garden for you, your family, and friends to enjoy. Confluence Brewing Company is located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together, ingredients, ideas, and friends. Looking for a family doctor? Vitae Family Cares physician Greg McKernan, a DO, has practiced for 27 years seeing patients of all ages. Vitae is Latin for life, and as a pro-life physician, Dr. McKernan is certified in NAPRO technology. Located at 50th and I-235 in West Des Moines, vitaefamilycare.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Just had to take another quick word and just say thanks to Father Zach. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have him as a co-host these last three years, and we had a just a blast together. And he'll be missed dearly. Uh, well, I'll 
I'll give updates as I can uh, to our listeners on how he's doing uh, wherever he is at the time. But again, just a, a heartfelt thanks to Father Zach. Next week, we'll launch what will be the, I guess, the first series uh, I'll be doing on Man Up, which will be the Great Men of the Bible series. And we're going to have Jeff Cavins on, great Bible scholar Jeff Cavins, uh, to kick off that series. We're really, over the next probably five, six months, uh, are going to dive into the Bible, help us to get a better grasp of what's going on throughout salvation history through the eyes of the great men uh, who who forged the, the path for all of us today, the heroes of the Bible. So join us next week as I officially start the show without Father Zach Kautsky. Thank you again for joining us today on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.